Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Attention, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Broadcasting from the rock and roll bomb shelter. Surrounded by radioactive biscuits and the world famous rock Island, Located 40 feet beneath the radio station. It's the Big Fat American, American Rock Show with your host, the Doc of Rock, the Professor, everyone's favorite mad music magician, Crazy Uncle, and your best friend in the whole wide world, Zach Martin, New HD, NewHD.com, where rock lives. It is the Big Fat American Podcast. I'm Zach Martin with Kerry Kelly of Night Ranger. Now, Night Ranger has a new album out, ATBPO. Yep. Or is it at BPO? I I don't know how to say it. You know, like how do you how do you say the name of the album? Yeah, well, it, it's actually you know it's like a little acronym for a, a, and the band played on. So uh, oh, okay, yeah. all right, great. I, I don't we think thought I, that was like too long. So you know, let's condense it or something. You know? I got it. All right, Somebody had, the, had, had the great idea. It's kind of like that Van Halen record. Yes, for uh, yeah, unlawful carnal knowledge. That was a good. Yeah. I'm on the site right now, nightranger.com, and I, I'm looking at the albums and the pictures over the years. And the one that I, I must have, regardless of what music was on the album, is the one with the Plymouth Cuda, Barracuda on the cover. Yeah. And I'm a Mopar Dodge guy. Oh, yeah. So when I was in a record store one day many years ago, I go, oh, I got to have this one. <laughs> yeah. Did I ever open it up and listen to it? No, I know the songs on it, but I kept it as a collectible. Oh, when, when, yeah. When, when I was a kid, that's how I used to pick out records, too. I got <laughs> I have a funny story back. I, I must have been like 11 years old or something like that. And I went down to the record store that had it, it was called Peer Music, P-E-E-R uh, in Orange County, California. And I saw this picture disc of Accept and it was the Accept, oh, wow. uh, yeah, Restless and Wild record. Um, and it had a live picture of them playing. And I didn't know what the hell it was. They had it you know, on the wall and I just like bought it, of course, because it, it looked awesome. You know, Carrie, when you talk about record stores, mine's my mine's you hear me? Mine's mine was uh, Jack's music in Red Bank, New Jersey. Mm. So here's here's the protocol of what I would do. I would go somehow get concert tickets to whatever band that was coming to town. And I remember one time seeing the Kinks. Okay. Yeah. Very next day, I go to the record store, I buy every single Kinks album. Same thing with the cars. I mean, Black Sabbath, whoever I saw in concert, that's what I would always do. Got to know what you're getting into. Right. And then sometimes I would see those album covers. Like I remember buying Don't Let Up by Night Ranger, I, like I said, many years ago. And I, I never even opened it. I still have it somewhere. I got to go find it. <laughs> uh, you you have a great rock history uh, because you've played, besides with Night Ranger, for many years now. 
you played with some amazing bands, some amazing people. So instead of me going down the list, I figured it would be a, a great get to know you moment on the Big Fat American podcast if Carrie Kelly could mention some of the bands and the people that you've played with as a guitarist over the years. And people will be blown away. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I've been, like I said, I'm from Orange County, California. So obviously LA is right there. And uh, so I'd been in the scene since I was a little kid. Um, some of my friends were, uh, ha- happened to be in some bigger LA bands at the time when I was, when I was younger, like Joey from Warrant lived down the street from me. He was like five years older than me. So I was like, oh, he's this little kid kind of tagging along and stuff. But, uh, you know, I just kind of tried to come up the ranks and meet people in LA, but, uh, it kind of started with, um, I mean, the bigger kind of rock bands I started playing with in the late nineties was obviously a band called Rat, which I'm sure a lot of people know that are into, you know, Night Ranger type music. Um, I played a lot with Janie, Janie Lane from Warrant. We had like a side band, and then I actually played with him in Warrant for a while as well. Uh, me and Janie got along great. We wrote a lot of great songs together, I think, and uh, probably about 50 songs in my studio. Um, then after that, I started playing with Slash for a while. He had a band after Guns N' Roses called Slash's Snake Pit. So, cool. yeah, so we <laughs> we did that, and then um, then he took a break on that. Uh, and then that actually extended break turn. Then they started Velvet Revolver. So that band was kind of like out. Then I started playing with uh, Skid Row for a while. Or I played with Vince Neil before that. So then I would play with Vince from Motley. Then I was playing with Skid Row for a while. Vince rejoined Motley at that point. I was with Vince for like a year or something like that, or a little more than a year. Play with Skid Row for a while. Then I played with Alice Cooper for like six or seven years. And then now, then I played with John Waite, actually, the singer John Waite. Um, you know, he's most known for his song, Missing You, kind of a ballad tune. And then I've been playing with Night Ranger since uh, like 2000. I think the first time I played with him was 2012, actually. I was going to say that. I remember that for some yeah. odd reason. So, it's, so yeah, so it's it's been a it's been like a wild, you know, almost 25 years, man. Just uh, but I'm having a blast, man. I'm very lucky and fortunate to be able to play with so many great people and uh, and being exposed to like different groups of, of, of musicians and personalities and it's all kind of rock music but slightly different you know i think it's it's fun because you know some guys have only been in like one band their whole career you know what i mean like literally 20 30 40 years kind of only been exposed to the same three or four guys and their music only so you know, I think it's kind of helped me a little bit. I, I, I like the idea of, you know, being uh, diverse, if you want to call it that, musically diverse, right? Yeah. So what, what I notice a lot of kids are like that these days. Yeah. You're friends with the guys in Warrant, and I, I just, yeah. something's been bothering me for almost 30 years, maybe more. When I was a disc jockey at the famous KZY in Denver, we were at Zebras. You might remember that. that mm-hmm. And um, I uh, got stuck with the bar tab. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I just want to say this. I, I've held on to that for 30 years. So you guys yeah. got to come together with 75 bucks. Yeah. Because I couldn't get reimbursed by the gas, uh, by the, by the gas station where we're gassed yeah. by the uh, radio station, because they said, well, you can't expense alcohol. I'm like, what the hell are you, you told me <laughs> to take these guys out for a good time. And now I'm stuck with it. And back in yeah. 1990, 75 bucks was like almost half my pay, you know? So, oh, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll tell the guys, I'll, yeah. I'll, pry it out of, I'll pry it out of their wallets. Yeah. Yeah. They have the money in there somewhere. They got it. I know they can, they can cover that expense. <laughs> it's, a, it's a funny story I, I do tell often. And I, I got to tell you, I, I, I don't know if you ever do this. You ever look at a picture 
when you're a part of a band, like it's for me, it's with the Scorpions again in Denver. Yeah. I don't even remember that night. I'm like, <laughs> obviously I'm having a great time. I'm hanging out with Klaus and the boys. Yeah. I got me. I have no idea what was going on there. I don't even know yeah. where that was. Maybe, so, maybe, maybe a couple too many cocktails or something. I don't know. Well, I like to blame it on Warrant there again because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's their fault. It was, you know, that, uh, yeah. All right. So uh, Night Ranger, I'm glad to see that you guys uh, are making new music. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And, and I love the fact that the new album, ATBPO, is available on yellow vinyl. Oh, yeah. And the merchandise is incredible. Night Ranger. Yeah, it's great. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And the best part is, Carrie, you're out in the road. You you have a, a, a gig coming up on the 22nd. What's today? Uh, it's yeah. tomorrow, man. Yeah, tomorrow night, really, All right, yeah. already. Um, you put the album together under COVID-19 restrictions and conditions. So why don't you tell us a little bit of what that was like for you and how you were able to get yourself it, – it's it's a mind mind trick to, to put yourself in the location of the other person – and to be able to play as best you can in those yeah. conditions. How did you guys do that? You know, yeah, a lot of, you know, you've seen all these people kind of doing these collaboration videos and, you know, everybody's doing it from their house and stuff. And we kind of did the, the same, you know, I mean, how it kind of started. We started putting ideas together for the record actually right before the COVID kind of came on. We literally started it like late February, early March. So, um, and basically we always kind of start the same way as everybody has little home studios these days as you know, everybody yeah. knows. And, uh, so, you know, we have our little ideas or riffs and then we kind of send them to each other or, or kind of rally around Jack, you know, Jack blades, the singer, and then he kind of goes through them. So we were doing that. And then the COVID hit, we kind of like hit a roadblock for a month or two. Cause we didn't know if the, the world was going to end or, or what was going to happen. And then after we you know, figured out that everything was going to be okay, we continued on. And um, it was basically just sending the demos around or sending the ideas around and really kind of honing them in. And uh, nobody actually got together in the same room except Jack and I. Um, I went up to Jack's house in, uh, I think it was November 1st or something like that. And I was up there for like four or five days through when the election happened. And we kind of got the final songs um in shape, you know, for, to, to really make the masters. We kind of got the arrangements perfect, you know, the little drum patterns and, you know, guitar parts or whatever it may be um, in, a, in a rough fashion, but at least good enough to where everybody can really start carving their own master parts out, you know. Um, and then after that, just everybody just kind of did their own thing. And at that point, that's when all the hell broke loose because, you know, even though we had the structures together, Everybody was just playing, you know, I'm playing all these guitar parts and Brad's putting on these other guitar parts, but he doesn't know what I'm playing. And then Eric, the keyboard player, is playing all his parts, but doesn't really know what our parts are. So then it was like, at the end, it was a big fucking jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, I'm trying so to sort, sort through all the parts like, hey, you know, whatever. Uh, Eric's part on the pre-chorus of this song sounds awesome, you know. And then Brad's part on this sounds great, you know, so that that was really where the puzzle came in after everybody put their whole, you know, nine yards into the the soup, you know. Uh, okay, who is the producer? Who is the poor son of a bitch that had to put all of this mixing together? You know, there's always that one guy like, you guys, you overdid it. You overdelivered. You gave more than yeah. you needed. So this poor soul is like, ah, oh, crying out loud. How do yeah. I make a song out of all of this shit and put it all together? Yeah, who so the guy that did that? How, how that kind of worked out 
uh, to be honest with you, I mean, Jack is is pretty much the, the prominent one, like I said, Jack Blades. So he was really trying to hone the parts in with with our uh, mixer, the guy who mixes and masters our record, Anthony Fox. Um, I was on the phone a few times as well because Anthony's in Nashville. I'm in <laughs> California. Jack, Jack's up in uh, Island off of Seattle, Whidbey Island. So phone calls, phone calls and stuff. But Jack was really the mastermind in trying to put the puzzle together. Um, so he was, it, and it, it took a few months, dude, to be honest with you, because there was just so many parts and they were all great parts, but you got to really decide because nobody was in the same room being able to make a decision on the spot. It all just kind of was piled on, but uh, the outcome was awesome though. I thought, cause I think everybody was able to play freely. You know what I mean? They do whatever they wanted or whatever they thought sounded rad or, or was a cool part and whether it made the cut or not, you know, it, it is what it is, but I think the freedom was there. Yeah, I kind of like this. You know, um, I think sometimes, and I've talked about this in the past with other interviews, at the beginning of COVID-19, I decided to do a lot of different things and get involved with many different projects because I, I I just thought to myself, okay, I feel like I'm in Hogan's Heroes and I'm a prisoner <laughs> of war here. And now I got to find ways to, you know, do something with the free time here. So. Yeah. Of course, you bond with your family members. You uh, start to reassess what you're doing. You find creative ways to to get the job done. A lot of yeah. us had to remote it in. And yep. you know, like you guys, look, you put together albums. I was keeping uh, the world's biggest sports station on the air from my little room that I'm talking to you uh, from from now. Uh, from I love now. it. I, and, and doing all kinds of voiceovers. And I put together two full functional radio stations, New HD New York and New HD LA. Wow. I got uh, a plethora of talent involved in it. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, okay, if you're going to keep me here like this, I'm just going to be as creative as possible and make the most out of the situation. So, yeah, I, applaud, I, I like when people do that. You're not sitting there like, what what is being home scared out of your senses going to do for you? What is the worry going to do? So yeah. you might as well get busy and just create. So I applaud you guys for that. And yeah, now- yeah, I mean that that that's exactly kind of what happened. Like I said, after the first whatever, I'm just you know a month or so you know, after the big scare, you know I think we all kind of realized that at one point it was gonna you know we we're gonna get past it as, as humanity. And we just started, kept working on this stuff. We actually did play a few shows during the COVID, not many, but I think we played six or seven shows um, here and there. So not not many on our standards. Usually we play like 100 a year. But uh, yeah, man, we just kept drudging along, man, and doing it. And, you know, every, everybody has other little things they're doing, other projects. And, you know, I have a couple other businesses, some restaurants. So you just got to oh, wow, cool. put your nose to the, the grindstone and, and and do it instead of, like you said, you know, cowering in your your house which is fine for some people but i mean that's not really what what i did or or even our guys to be honest with you okay so let's let's talk carrie about uh growing up in orange county in the los angeles area yeah i think my exposure to the la area i go i usually will try to get out there at least once a year and spend you know a week or two and you, you get it pretty quickly yeah like uh checking out all the sites and going to disneyland and universal and and doing all the things that visitors to the area will do. But I also like visiting some of the areas that have been depicted on TV and some of my favorite shows growing up. So let's go back in time, Carrie, and talk about some of the cool shows that we both probably watched, at least in the reruns. First one that comes to mind is emergency. Oh yeah. I remember. Okay. 
That, yeah. Engine, engine, it's station 127. It's on 223rd over in Carson. Not too far from UCLA Medical Center, which is depicted as Rampart. Yeah. Great show. Brady Bunch, of course. You can go see the Brady yeah. Bunch house. Everybody does that. I know you've done it a couple times because you just can't help yourself. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you just, you know, I live in New York, so I did the same sort of thing. You just can't help yourself. <laughs> what, what is that real geeky TV thing that you just couldn't help yourself that you'd sort of be embarrassed to tell all the guys in Warrant who owe me $75? <laughs> what would that be? You know what? I, to be honest with you, man, I, I didn't really watch too much TV. Like when I was a little kid, I did, you know, uh, you know, I'm talking, you know, six, seven, eight years old, you know, watching the, you know, $6 million man. And, all right, there and all, you go. Yeah, those kind of shows, you know, because I guess my parents had it on. But uh, I didn't really get too into into TV because once I started getting into music, I really got into it, man. It was right, even when focused. I was really young. Yeah. So when I was like around nine or 10 years old, I really started getting into music and my grandma bought me my first guitar and then I would just play guitar all day. And I was really like enthralled with that. But, uh, you know, when I was a kid, like I said, $6 million man. And of course the happy days. And like you said, chips. Brady, Bunch, you know, chips? Chips, of course, dude, come oh, on. Pumps, dude. <laughs> Larry Wilcox is a big fan of uh new age day. Great guy. All right. Did, all you right. They, did you know that Larry Wilcox was in the United States Marines? Did not. Yes. Served, yeah, served in Vietnam. Really? Yeah. Wow. Awesome. This stuff will blow your mind. Yeah. Um, I remember my, my dad, what was the other one too? He would watch, I was really young, uh, Ironside, I think, right? Oh, Ironside, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Charlie's Angels. Oh, yeah, there you go. I remember. Who was your favorite Charlie's Angel? Oh, man. I don't know. I was only like three or four years old. <laughs> you don't have to be that old to pick a favorite. You got Jacqueline Smith. You've yeah. got Farrah Fawcett. Yeah, you got um, Cheryl Ladd and you got um, Kate Jackson. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, Farrah Fawcett was probably like the the the, the biggest symbol, I think, back in the 70s. Right. Yeah, Even though I mean, Cheryl Ladd was obviously very popular as well. So I probably have to go with the, the double left. All right. I, I'm going with Cheryl Ladd, who played okay. Farrah Fawcett's sister in the episode. And every once in a while after one season, Cheryl would I mean, Farrah Fawcett would come back as one of Charlie's Angels greatest. Greatest movie of all time. Okay. Right. Greatest TV show of all time. Yeah. For so many different reasons. All right. So um, this is great that you brought up your grandma. Yeah. Because uh, grandmas are more important than people will ever realize. And I think we we got to brag about our grandmas just a little bit. Try not to cry. What was the name of your grandma? And, you know, I would just imagine that grandma got you that guitar and would listen to you all the time, even though when you were little, you could hardly play well. Right. Of course. Yeah. No, her name was Opal, you know, Opal. obviously yeah. old school name, you know, and actually what happened first was, I, I don't know how it came about, to be honest with you. They bought me, uh, um, I, I was probably, I guess about eight. Cause I think they got me the guitar when I was about nine, but like when I was eight, they bought me this drum set and that was like the worst idea, you know? And, and she had it at her house, my grandma's house, her husband had, had passed. So I would, my parents would, you know, of course drop me off there so they could, you know, do their own thing, but it, it was a drum and it had like the paper drum heads, you know, it was just something they yeah. probably bought for back then for 50 fucking dollars or something like that. So I like destroyed the thing, like in, you know, the two days I was there, like, you know, the drum heads had holes in them. Cause it was just like, you know, you're supposed to tap on the shit. And I was playing it. Like I thought I was, you know, Carmine a piece. Yeah. Yeah. Or something, you know, I was like, oh, this is how these, I see these guys going crazy. So, uh, 
then that was the end of that literally after like two days or something. And then, uh, um, I think I started getting into guitar players or I thought I was, you know, kiss was big back then. I was just a little kid. So you thought kiss was the ultimate band, you know? Um, and so they got me a guitar, you know, a cheap little guitar. And, and I just tried and tried and tried. And then, um, finally I started taking lessons, you know, after like a year of just fucking around basically, you know, but uh, they really helped me. You know, like I said, I was really young, nine, 10 years old. I think I started taking the lessons when I was 11, I believe, the first time. So still pretty, pretty young. So what would your advice be to anybody who's taking up a guitar? I heard that if you put a good 10,000 hours into it, you become really good at playing the guitar. What What are the tricks? What are the keys? Are there shortcuts? Are there like little tricks that you could share with oh, the, the, the nine-year-old who's picking up the guitar for the very first time and he wants to be a Kerry Kelly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it's so funny. Cause I see people send me things all the Eric, uh, Eric singer from kiss sends me stuff all the time. It's like, <laughs> really? Like, cool. He'll, he'll like, look at this guitar player. This kid's like 10 and he's playing like, you know, Aldi Miola or like Steve Vai stuff. Or Check out this drummer, like come crazy shit all the time. You know, when, when we were young, I mean, I, I was, listening to, to records and scratching the record, trying to figure it out and scratch it back. And it was just a nightmare doing it basically from ear. Even though I had a guitar teacher, the guitar teacher was really um, teaching me uh, obviously chords and, and guitar modes and scales and things like that. And sometimes he'd go, okay, you want to learn a song, but I just was trying at my house to do it, you know? So we didn't have many tools besides, you know, if your teacher said, I want to learn dance a night away by Van Halen. But uh yeah, you got to put the time in regardless. You know, even if you have some raw talent, it does take time. But I think the tools that kids have these days are amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff online and tutorials and, and, and I mean, it's leaps and bounds. You could slow the friggin' tapes down now. They have these, uh, I don't even know what they are, but like you could put a song in there and like go to the guitar solo and slow it down to half speed and learn it. I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible. So, but, but the bottom line is you still got to put the time in um, sure. and you got to have the passion, but uh, it's the tools are, are endless these days, which is great. I have a lot of friends who are drummers, famous drummers. And yeah. when I see these little ones, like playing along with Led Zeppelin, it's a five-year-old girl. I'm like, yeah. wow. oh, I'll send it to them. And they always do this. Zach, would you quit sending me this stuff? Everybody yeah. sends me this stuff. I'm well aware. I'm like, well, she's playing better than you, man. And yeah. It's yeah. no, it's sick, man. It's scary. It's maybe that's, maybe that's why they don't want to see the video. Five-year-old can do it better. Yeah. And I do believe that drums is one of the hardest instruments to play, especially if you're a singing drummer. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I can't do that. I, I'm like yeah. a klutz. Forget about it. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, on that note, dude, I mean, you know, our drummer, uh, Kelly Keegi, I mean, he, he sings half the vocals with Jack yeah. and plays, I mean, and we're doing these 90 minute, a hundred minute shows, you know, I mean, he's incredible. I mean, it's it's hard, dude. It is, man. It's very hard. And, you know, really, if I was a drummer, especially if I was a singing drummer, I would get really pissed off at the rest of the band <laughs> if I had to do a 20-minute drum solo so that they could all, like, relax. I'm like, F you guys. Yeah. You know, all right, play Sister Christian. I'm going to get, you know what? I'm going to take off for this song. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and make it a long Sister Christian, like 10, 20 minutes so I can take yeah. a break. Yeah. And, and the other thing, is anytime I see a fat drummer, I'm like, I don't know how you're fat and a drummer. I just don't get that. Just oh yeah, my, these guys are moving all over the place. Yeah. Um, I I remember. I don't know if you did this, but of course I would always get in these conversations with my friends about who are the greatest guitar players of all time. And now, yeah. you know, 
there's quite the list. When I started putting those lists together, it was uh, Jimmy Page and uh, Jimi Hendrix and mm-hmm. Eric Clapton and, um, uh, you, you know, believe it or not, George Harrison would be in the in the yeah, uh, next as a lead guitarist. Um, and then as we go down the road, and we'd also talk about the drummers. Of course, John Bonham's always at the top of the list, which, you know, nobody yeah. would disagree. Yeah. Then we, we would get to, you know, the modern era where you have a slash and you have Eddie Van Halen and probably guys I'm not even thinking about, but, you know, it's really hard to put those lists together. But if you were to put a list together of the five best guitar players of all time, the ones that you just go, man, it's just totally awesome. I, I mean, you know, just they blow your mind. Who would they be? And it doesn't matter what genre. It could be an old jazz guitarist from the 50s I'm yeah. not even aware about. Yeah, you know, that's the thing. Obviously, people have asked me and probably every guitar player the same type of question. And, you know, that's one thing that I kind of um, was lucky. As I was telling you, I was taking those lessons when I was a really young kid. The guy who I was getting the lessons from was a private dude at his house. Um, he had a studio made in, in his garage and he was like a jazz fusion guitar player, you know. Um, so he really got me into things like that or, or tried to steer me in that direction. Like I said, modes and arpeggiated things and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it, it gave me a little appreciation instead of because a lot of times rock people or metal people are very like in their zone, you know. Um, so on that note, a lot of, you know, jazz guitar players or old school or fusion guys, I, I still love and and and. I think are great. So some of those old school guys like Django Reinhardt, I, I mean, I listen to him all the time. Um, incredible. Um, Al Miola, I think is one of the best guitar players probably ever in history. Um, some other rock guys that are my favorite. Michael Shanker, I think is, was a trailblazer dude back from the seventies and, you know, kind of really pioneered some of that neo classical kind of stuff, which evolved into more, things like Ingve kind of took it to another level in a way, but Michael is great. Um, Eddie Van Halen, uh, I have to put him in there. Uh, and then probably just trying to think of who else. That, I mean, there's so many great guys, but I mean, probably Alan Holsworth, who's another fusion guitar player. Cool. You know, yeah. I'm going to put into the mix Orianthe. Oh, there you go. I mean, you know, we, we never talk about the great female guitars. There was, and I keep forgetting her name. There was a girl who played for the young lady who played for Alice Cooper. Who was that? As yeah, man. well, Orianthe was in the band for a bit, and now Nita, they have Nita in the That's band. That's it, yes. Thank well, you. yeah. So, so another great guitar player. But Orianthe, yeah. her album, by the way, I got to tell you, if you haven't gotten Orianthe, the self-entitled LP, it is phenomenal. Great yeah. freaking record. I mean, she just, there's something about, you know, that mm-hmm. I'm finding with a lot of female artists is they really that this is my perspective it seems like they really have to try 10 times as harder just to go uh an inch farther i mean it's yeah. just you know i feel kind of like a little bit bad for them but man some of the work that i'm hearing from these gals it just blows me away so got yeah, hats yeah. off hats, hats off to orianthe yeah yeah she's great i mean i got a chance to jam with her a few times with alice and stuff and uh and yeah she's a cool chick and, and plays great and um Sings yeah, well. I, it's a great, oh, great absolutely. song. Yeah, I mean, just yeah. she's amazing. Uh, yeah, okay. absolutely. Now, I'm, I want to, I want to get to the. This is, a, I think, a great question. So, when you're in a band with a guy like Slash, who is undoubtedly one of the uh, most amazing lead guitarists of all time, and just, oh yeah, it's got the signature sound. 
you're a lead guitarist too. You also play rhythm, but do you ever like, you know, go to slash like, Hey, let's flip a coin. Let me take the lead tonight. You know, <laughs> how does that work when you, when you're with yeah. someone like that? Yeah. You know, well, I kind of, it, it was just a, it was the gig obviously, you know, on that, you know, slash is the man, you know? Uh, so I knew where, where I was sitting in the band, but uh, I actually got to play a couple of guitar solos in that band, which was pretty cool. But uh, I do remember one night we played in, uh, we were in London, we were doing two nights and, First on Slash's side of the stage, the power blew out, but everything else was still going. Like the band, we were still playing. So the guitar solo came up. I can't remember what song it was, but Slash just said, just keep just playing. Yeah, that's great. So yeah, I also got a chance to, to play on, on the solo, on his solo, because they were over there trying to fix whatever blew out on the other on his circuit. You know what I mean? So uh, so that was kind of fun, you know, and he doesn't give a shit. But I mean, you know, he's known all those songs that we were playing, whether it's the Snake Pit songs or the we were playing some gun songs, of course. I mean, you know, you got to let the got to let the master do his thing, you know, totally. and it's a great guy, as you know, you've probably heard a million times. He's yeah, so I, listen, I total follow you on that. But just like the, the dynamics between guys being guys every once in a while, I go, come on, let me flip. I would just joke. <laughs> and I'm the kind of guy goes. You know what? Go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. I'll take a little bit. Of, let's see what you can do with it. I, I I just love that kind of stuff. See, I think that that is a very interesting question we just asked. Like yeah. when you're with those guitarists, like you know, come on, man, I can play the lead. Let's flip. You know. Yeah, I I, I, never, I never I never put the screws to them. You know, and and it was another kind of a same situation kind of a you know when I played with Rat. You know, um, we had War obviously Warren D. Martini was the other guitar player, uh, you know, kind of like a legendary, you know, 80s rock guy. And uh, even though there were a few guitar players that are guitar uh, solos that I would play during during the set and then some harmony stuff because they had some cool harmony leads. You know, he played probably, I don't know, 70 percent of, of the stuff. But, you know, he's the guy. So you just got to let him do their thing. You know, I don't I get like, it. I don't put the screws to him too much, but maybe, in, you know, I will next time. Well, now that we've had this conversation, you just, <laughs> I'm just egging you on. And then yeah. what I want you to do is I want you to try that and then get back to me and tell me how it goes. In fact, we'll do a follow-up interview if yeah. that should take place. See, that kind of stuff, I love that kind of stuff. I, I love I, causing that kind of trouble. I might do that to Brad Gillis tonight. Maybe tell do him. Do that. that I, yeah. I, you know, I know you play the Sister Christian guitar solo, but I'm going to take it tonight, okay? Yeah, and you just go, I'll flip you for it. Yeah. Heads I wins, tails you lose. <laughs> you know, I mean, one of those things. I love well, it. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us, Carrie. It really was Absolutely. a pleasure. We, we got to talk about all kinds of stuff. The new Night Ranger album is out. ATBPO, which means and the band played Boy. on. Fantastic. Ugh. You can go to nightranger.com. Find out everybody uh, where everybody's going. You know, the, the tour dates are there. Yeah. You got your Night Ranger news. You can buy uh, various merch. I like the Night Ranger merch. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and then you you also have your website as well that people yeah, can visit. Yeah, we got all my stuff on there, carriekelly.com. And then you, you can go over to my restaurants and look at those in Las oh, Vegas. Oh, okay, fantastic. Yeah. So you have, all right? What? So you have a restaurant? You have restaurants in Las Vegas? Yeah, yeah. All we right. have two two currently. We've been in business like thirteen years. Okay. And we're building a third location right now with a brewery and the whole nine yards. Ooh. We kind of specialize in. Like I said, it's 13 years ago we started uh, craft beer and all scratch foods. Like we have no freezers, nothing like that. Foods are made from scratch every day. Um, like, you know, 50 
you know, uh, draft craft beers and stuff like that. So that's what we do. And it's called acesandales.com. So aces, obviously, because we have a gaming there too. So you can shove some hundreds in if you want. So acesandales.com. Well, this is perfect because my daughter Sophie is going to turn 21 in September. Yes. And she jokes she wants to go gamble and drink. So, um, you know, come to to acesandales.com. Yeah, I like that. And, um, you know, Matt, that sounds like a, you know, I I think I'm going to do that. So, Come on down. When I show up, get you, get you around. Else. Yeah, all right, good. Yeah, all right. Just all I ask is for a free beer, uh, just one. Yes. And then I I'll will get it. the rest, you know. Or maybe, maybe I'll take my tab and you can <laughs> you can send it to the guys in Warrant. There you go. Well, yeah, that's another turnaround. Right. You know, a funny story. You know, I'm thinking about Aces, dude. Um, back when we, when we, I think we were open for about a year or maybe two years, we were doing, we had three nights we were playing in Vegas, dude. And, uh, with Alice and uh, our sound guy goes, dude, you guys should jam over at, over at Aces, man. And I'm like, really? Well, I don't know. He goes, yeah, just you should just just ask Alice and see it. And, you know, Alice is cool as hell. And I said, hey, Alice, yeah, you want want to jam like after the show at Aces? And he goes, yeah, let's do it Saturday night. I go, all right. Cool. So we did our full show. We played Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We did our full show Friday, full show Saturday. Then like at midnight. Uh, Alice came over to Aces place. We had like 500 people in there. You can look at it. It's up on the YouTube. Just right. Alice. Wow. Aces and Ales. It was a scene, man. The cops were there. Everybody's having a great time. The cops are there. Yeah. That, that does sound like a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah. You see, you, you just, you brought up something good and then we'll let you go. Yeah. When you ask and someone says yes, there's always the pause because you can't believe that they said yes. And then when they say yes, it's like, I don't know what to do now. He said yes. You know, yeah. you were hoping for a no, really. To yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was so fun. Like I said, I didn't even think about. It. I'm like, uh, you know, the guys don't want to play a whole, play three in a row and then go to the bar and get all drunk and play again and stuff. But our sound guy goes, dude, Alice, we'd love to do it. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll ask him. I go, hey, do you want to come over? And he goes, yeah. Happened. The sound guy wanted to have some free beard and burgers or whatever, and he's been. <laughs> He's been telling Alice about this. Hey, you know, it'd be a good idea. So he he primed that. So as soon as you yeah. ask, yeah, and it happened. So there's there's the, there's the rest of the rock and roll story, Carrie. Yeah, right, you, probably, you, so you much. probably got. Yeah, he like pre-prepped him a little bit. That's right? exactly what happened. Oh man, I I'm a lot like those sound guys. Yeah, that's. <laughs> Sophia's mission inspires faith, hope, and charity to people living on the autistic spectrum and with disabilities. Sophia's in association with New HD Media creates meaningful opportunities and jobs for those with additional needs. Many of these jobs can be performed from home and are life-changing for neurodivergent and special needs communities. For more information, go to sophianewhd.org. Follow BFA on Facebook at Big Fat America. Zach Martin on Twitter at Zach Martin Rocks. And Zach Martin on Instagram. Wait, Zach is on Instagram? I can guarantee he has no clue how to use that. See all the interviews and videos at ZachMartinRocks.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.